0: You're listening to The Secrets of the Good Place, Season 2, brought to you by the StarQuest Podcast Network and our many generous supporters. Hi, I'm Dom Bettinelli, and you're listening to The Secrets of The Good Place, Season 2, where we will discuss the deeper layers and meaning in the second season of The Good Place, a sitcom on the NBC network and available streaming on uh, Netflix and Hulu and other places. Joining me today on the panel again are Jimmy Aiken. Hi, Jimmy. Howdy, do Dom. Father Corey Stika. Hi, Father Corey. How's it going? And Mac Barron of the Catholics in a Small Town podcast. Hi, Mac.
1: There's no S on Catholic. I everybody. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's really good to be here. No, no. Thank, thank you for, for fixing that because I always,
0: every time, get that wrong when I try to type in your uh, your web address. Uh, You're so, the only
1: one. <laughs>
0: I, yeah, I can imagine. Uh, so, uh, so as we said last time, just to kind of start out, the Good Place has aired two seasons so far, and we are covering and them. It,
2: it. And there's going to be a third. It's already been announced.
0: Yes. Yay. And we're covering uh, both those first two seasons in two episodes of The Secrets of Movies and TV shows. Last episode, we covered season one up to, but not including the season finale. This time, we will discuss the season one finale and season two. If you have not watched season one of The Good Place in its entirety and do not wish to have a really good plot twist spoiled, then stop this podcast here. Watch it. Come back. All right. Okay. After this Fear point, warning he, has been given, you're on your own now. Oh my gosh, you guys, that was such an awesome twist. It, it was. <laughs> I, I love how Michael's
2: face just changes on a dime. Isn't and gets that great? This insane, become wicked becomes super grin.
1: maniacal. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was really good. So Holy forking shirt balls! Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> if if you are one of those people who did not take our advice, well, now you're now you're spoiled because it turns out that it's really not the good place. They're really in the bad place, and it's a let's see. Michael is not an employee of Heaven running his own good place colony. He's upper management in the bad place, running an experiment on a new kind of torture, uh, that, which which yeah, is the, they the what how do you put it? We have them the torture four, each other. The,
3: yeah, the four of them would. Torture each other. So <laughs> the four only the real, the only real human beings are the four main char- characters. Right. Everybody Eleanor else, and Sheedy and Tahini, yeah. and Jason.
1: Right. Everybody is else. Michael's in- first, it is Michael's first gig. It is his first yeah. go as being an architect, and he's yeah. trying this very innovative strategy that they've never done before in the Bad Place. Right. And That's his right.
2: boss is skeptical, so he is out on a limb here. Right. Um, his boss, so he, uh, Sean. Sean, <laughs> and he has genuine insecurities. Um, but everyone except our four main characters is a demon, except for Janet, who is a real good place Janet.
0: Yes. And uh, what happens in the season finale is that Eleanor figures it out. Um, you know, there's this whole bit where Sean is is in, in his guise as a judge is coming to to determine whether these people who shouldn't be in the good place could stay. Um, the demons show up on the train from the bad place, uh, played by, Oh, um, Oh, Adam uh, Scott, Adam Scott. Yep. Uh, fr- from Who's parks a really and
2: rec. Good demon. <laughs> oh, he's good. He good job.
0: And bad Janet who is the uh, same actress playing a bad version of herself. And she's really awesome. Um, yep and and all these other people and it turns out eleanor is the real eleanor shellstrop uh she's still a bad person in in her in her life <laughs> yeah. but, but she but wasn't not the, a fake eleanor
2: right the the person they thought was the real eleanor was a demon brought in to pretend to be the real yeah. eleanor
0: right and uh, one thing I want to point out as I was reading in some of the stories about about the 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 TV show, the cast themselves were not told about the twist until they had to fill right before filming of the finale. So they right. played that first season straight. Yeah, and you can now there is
2: an exception and probably two exceptions. Uh, the uh, uh, Kirsten Bell did know about it ahead of time. Yeah, yes. And I assume Ted Danson did too But the rest of the main cast Did not and they and Kirsten Bell when they were doing A a table read or whatever or Briefing the cast about it um, They Kirsten Bell actually used Her cell phone to video the Other cast members reactions as they Learned they were in hell and you can Watch that online and it's really funny They're just gasping when they realize That that they've been in hell (laughs) and what's Brilliant about this is it Plays on the sitcom dynamic because one of the things about humor is it, it it involves some level of discomfort. And so in order to have a, a, a sitcom set in heaven, it has to involve humor. And that means people have to be uncomfortable in heaven, just by the nature of the show, and then when you reinterpret everything as hell, all of that discomfort makes sense. Yep. So the character it becomes torture. And when you rewatch the series with your friends, once you're getting them into it, um, it, it you're suddenly seeing how all of these situations—this is really the characters are being right. tortured. Like these in, things,
1: in, these like things with. I'm sorry, these, go, ahead. go ahead.
2: These things you thought were moments of just sitcom discomfort are actually deliberately inflicted torture.
1: Yeah, and I, when uh, when I was asked to be on this show, I went and watched the first ep- first season again because it's been a year and a half since I'd seen it. And uh, over the course of several days, I watched it. And uh, Ted Danson, you, I would almost venture that he didn't know because he didn't play like he knew. It's not like one of those people turn around and then you see his eyes shift performances. He acts like Michael, the rookie architect of the good place, and things are going wrong and he doesn't know why. Um, I, I,
2: I think that's an. I think that's just a tribute to Ted Danson's ability as an actor, though, because in yeah. the Michael in the in an interview I read with Kirsten Bell, she said that Michael Sure, the show creator, came to her and said, "Okay, here's what's going to happen." Um, because he didn't think it was fair to have <clears throat> the main actors have the rug completely pulled out from under them after they've committed to a series about what it's ultimately going to be about, oh, and so that's he, interesting. Okay. So he told her, and if he told Kirsten Bell, I would assume he would tell the even more famous and prestigious Ted Danson.
1: Right, right, right. Yeah, I can see that. Um, but then the then, like you said, though, when you, on the second viewing. All the stuff that happens, you realize is not the system breaking. It's yeah. just it's just the demons ratcheting up the uh, the torture, like when the shrimp yeah. are flying through the sky. That's all by design. You know? well, right.
0: And the little clues, the things like the fact that <laughs> heaven doesn't or the good place doesn't have ice cream. It has frozen yogurt, you know, that that whole right. bit. And in all those all those elements um, <clears throat> that were well, just and, kind of clues and, and not just funny and, bits.
2: And, And the character flaws, so Tahani is a self-absorbed name dropper, and Jianyu really does belong in the bad place, and (laughs) Eleanor really does belong in the bad place, And, (laughs) and Chidi is indecisive to a fault that drives other people crazy in his life.
0: Right. When the fact they all earned the bad place in their life, uh, that's that that's sort of the premise is they all earned a, pl- a place there. Uh, Cheating, in fact, he he's ruined other people's
1: lives with his indecisiveness. Um, uh, and so then what and, and what's brilliant about that is that this. With another sitcom, as you pointed out in the last episode that we recorded, they would just let this stuff go on and on forever. What zany antics can they get into on this next episode? But in this one, it forces the writers and forces us as the audience to go down another path. All of a sudden, this show turns on a dime and is about this other. It's not about a different thing. It just sets up a whole different. It's like if you're in a room with a bunch of four walls, two of the walls disappear and all of a sudden there's another path there to lead you to a different room. Right. And now it's now we're functioning with these parameters. You know, right. like the first, uh, I think it's episode one or two of the second season becomes basically Groundhog Day. Like, yes. Oh, it's yes. just it, reset it, over and over it, and over again. It, it's it's
2: it's a two-parter. It's both episodes one and two. So what happens for people, just as a recap, is um, once Eleanor at the end of season one figures out they're all in the bad place, Michael begs Sean <clears throat> to um, to let him have another chance that he wants to make a few changes and restart the scenario and wipe everybody's memories and have another go because he thinks there's still value in the mutual torture idea. And so Sean reluctantly agrees. He thinks he's going to fail, but he reluctantly agrees to, to let him have a... To <laughs> one more chance. <laughs> and while Michael is convincing Sean of that, Eleanor writes a note to herself and sticks it in janet's mouth knowing that janet isn't a human she won't dissolve it and so she sends herself a note in the next cycle to help her figure it out and then we see that played out she figures it out michael reboots again but does not tell sean so now michael is lying to his boss and we get this groundhog day like series of reboots that get comedically more Funny as we go along. Yeah. Well, even even, of... even Jason figures it out. I was like, Jason figured <laughs> <Yeah>. out
3: really? <laughs> yeah. In one there's of them, a... Jason
2: figures it out. It's like Michael's that hurts. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. There's a couple of funny things that are happening at the same time, and one is that Michael's insecurity. It, 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 Michael almost becomes like the Eleanor character from season one, mm-hmm. in that he's desperately trying. To not be retired, to not be fired by Sean, and subjected to yeah. an eternity of evisceration or whatever yeah. they're offering him. Yeah. And he is—he
2: is, he is, in fact, this. I mean, this is his thing. He's trying to fit into a scenario that's not working and hide mm-hmm. what's re- the real truth, so that he doesn't get sent to the bad place.
1: And and, and well, I didn't realize it until right now talking about it, but they laid the groundwork for that gag, of yeah. of uh, Eleanor cramming the note into janet's mouth if you remember there's two or three episodes before that there's this repeating joke where eleanor keeps she doesn't want to be the designated driver so they put names in a hat and she always reads the name she reads someone else's names in order to keep from people from seeing what name she actually read she just always eats the name she just crams the notes in her (laughs) mouth and so like i look back going wow, that's really good writing. That's well done.
2: There's a lot of, on the plot level, it's amazing what comes back later. The show is just so tightly plotted. Um, So what then happens after we have this series of serial reboots is the other demons who have never been Big Michael fans because they're demons. Why would they be? Um, you know, demons they want to selfish. torture people. They want, they to, want to torture tor- people. Yeah. They want to do regular torture. They're not into this avant-garde torture stuff. And so they turn on Michael and threaten to report him to Sean. If he does, if, if they don't let him start to do, if he doesn't let them start to do things their way. And at this point, I just want to mention something. When Dom originally recommended this show to me, i um i I watched an episode over lunch, and as i was I watched the first episode of season one over lunch, and as I was driving back to to work, all of a sudden, one of the things I do is I try to predict where where TV shows and movies are going. I love mm-hmm. analyzing plots. and all of a sudden, all kinds of stuff about this show fell into my brain. And so after I quickly watched the rest of season one, I wrote Dom back and I said, Um, called it. There is another Eleanor in the bad place. Our Eleanor learns self-sacrifice soulmate beach blanket bingo. There is a medium (laughs) place. The good place is really the bad place or purgatory. Still a lot of clever writing and some nice twists, but these were the obvious dramatic possibilities uh, to go for at some point. On to season two. And so then, <laughs> I, 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 before I watched season two, I said to myself, what's going to happen? Well, the show is too smart to drag out the first reboot for a whole season. And well, so God. it's going to act actually— a wee...
1: That's a taxing couple of episodes. I, I, yeah. That's the only part of this whole show that I thought, oh, come on, people. Let's get on with it. That right. whole no. reboot series I, was just almost too much.
2: I loved it. I thought it was great because they kept it moving. If it had been a whole season, it would have been disastrous. So I said, we're going to get cascading failures leading the demons to turn on Michael, which is then exactly what happened. Right. So um, I just just want to... claim having called it for those can we plots? get some
1: credit for uh
0: as the one who usually is the guy who figures <laughs> out who done it uh in the first you know before the uh, credits finish rolling I, I i i tip my hat to you jimmy as uh, the superior uh, in this case um so what happens is is every all the demons turn against Michael, uh, because they a being demons they fit, they've uh, have a way to they have something to hold over their boss Michael by by threatening to go to his boss with all of his failures, um, and Michael's has this 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 uh, moral dilemma of if you can imagine a demon having one, and in fact he's he goes to Chidi and the others. And he starts to be the long story short, Chidi starts to teach him ethics. He's trying to
1: teach Michael how to be a good guy. Again, Michael becomes Eleanor.
0: (laughs) Yeah, right.
2: Very much. And it's Eleanor who ropes, who insists that Michael take the ethics classes with the rest of them. Right. And so she ropes him into it. And he's and we get as we go along, even though there are bumps along the road, where he slips back into his demon nature a little bit.
1: <laughs> like with, he, the he, <laughs> with the trolley. With the trolley episode.
2: He nevertheless, we see signs, including when the humans are not around, when it's like just him and Janet, that he really is on the path to moral redemption. And, uh, and the we first, first, big might,
3: step, first big step of that is when he when he actually comes to contact or come to idea of what it means for him to be retired where he no longer exists.
2: And he has an existential crisis. Yeah.
3: yeah. Right. By the way, we should also mention they're not—for
2: people who, who may not have watched it or may be wondering, um, They're the demons aren't exactly demons. This is, you know, as we mentioned in the previous episode, a kind of interfaith, not particular, any one particular religion uh, afterlife. And so the demons are actually— Long-lived beings that are very powerful, but they don't consider themselves quite demons, and actually view the term as slightly racist. Yeah. Nevertheless, <laughs> they use it themselves constantly.
3: Yeah. Right. so Because right, right. they're bad people. It's
0: <laughs> funny. And, and for the most part, they look like us. There is one episode, one scene where we're seeing the the uh, the management area of the bad place, and the a, a this fiery. Ten foot tall lava demon monster. walks through. Yeah. yeah, lava monster walks through. Yeah, not not at all scary. There's never any scary demons in any of this. Uh, as, no, as far as we don't concerned. see any
2: horns or tails or anything like that. But exactly. Todd, the lava monster, does get a few walk-ons.
1: <laughs> eventually, <laughs> though, yeah, eventually these uh, these characters end up at this in this vault yep. area, and with a judge who. I, I I always kind of roll my eyes when they introduce like a new character onto a show all of a sudden like. But mm-hmm. man, Maya Rudolph as <laughs> the judge is oh, fantastic. Yeah. Awesome. She is so funny. Just being Maya Rudolph. So let's mm-hmm. let's let's get ourselves to that point, which
0: is um, the, the eventually they're, com- they're Sean figures it out and. Uh, Michael has found that their their only hope is yeah. to get so, before so the Mike, judge. My,
2: well, before there to 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 get from um, once the demons turn on Michael, Michael realizes his best option is to side with the humans, and so Michael and the humans start working together with right. the long term goal of getting them all into the real good place. And before that happens, Sean shows up and he's reading all these fake reports that Michael has written about how good the torture in take two is going. Mm -hmm. And he concludes take two has been a huge success. And so Michael gets a promotion to be upper management. They're going to um, they're going to dissect all the humans, partly for fun, but partly to learn what worked with take two. (laughs) Um, And and they're closing down the neighborhood. And so Michael does a comedy roast where he drops clues to the humans. Michael pretends to go along with Sean, and the humans have to decide, do we trust Michael still or not? Because he seems to be going along with Sean. But he does this comedy roast where he drops clues for how they can survive. And they figure that out. And then eventually, after the neighborhood is shut down, they proceed out of the neighborhood. And that kind of gets us to the point you were talking about, Dom.
0: Right. They're in the uh, the management area of the bad place. And they're they're being chased down uh, i mean there's a, the museum of torture scene which was hysterical i mean the the crazy you know torture devices that they've thought up um the bro torturers that Chidi has to uh hang out with and <laughs> pretend to be a demon with um,
1: and then they see and this is this is again this is a beautiful illustration of the rider's ability to take one facet of the human condition and make this afterworld parody of it because uh fellas i i I am not the manliest dude i don't know about you guys but i have had to sort of try to hold my own next to these these bros at a bar or at a wedding rehearsal supper or something you know and realize i this is not these are not my people (laughs) you know that's so funny
0: and so uh, they're they're caught out uh, in this situation, and uh, kind of jumping through a bunch of things. And I don't want to like ruin every joke if you haven't seen the whole thing. Um, Michael has to sacrifice himself in order to let them escape from the bad place to wherever the judge exists.
2: Thus, more Michael as Eleanor, because that was the key character development from last season was Eleanor had to learn self-sacrifice.
1: Right,
0: right, right. Exactly. And so now they're in this... Uh, place where they—they're basically making an appeal to the judge. Uh, her name is Jen, Jen, which is short for
3: hydrogen. Uh, and, which and no, she's not the burrito they find when they first appear. <laughs> right? Yeah.
2: <laughs> I love how they fake us out. The title of that episode is "The Burrito," so you're thinking the burrito is going to be incredibly significant, but no, it's just a burrito. And it's just a burrito.
1: She doesn't like the sriracha sauce. Is actually like sadness or something. It's kind of, has <laughs> it's got just, kind of, just kind of a pop to it, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, it's, and
2: she's her name is Hydrogen because that's all that existed when she was born.
0: Right. And, and that's and I think they make it clear that she's not God. <clears throat> like she's right, no yeah. no conception that anyone has of, of God. She's not a God. She's just a judge. She's an impartial
1: being who has the authority. She is a narrative device is what and, she and, is. Yep, exactly. exactly. <laughs> and,
2: and, and that's something I, I meant to actually mention in our previous episode is that they none of the they never talk about God or anything like God. There are occasions where you may wonder, okay, when we first meet Michael, is he so, he's the architect? Is he supposed to be God? And then when we first hear about Sean, <clears throat> the impartial judge of all things, whatever we all think sea, is all is, knowing, is, et cetera, all yeah. is, is yeah. Sean supposed to be God? And then we wonder, is Jen supposed to be God? But no, none of them are God. They just kind of toy with that for a minute and then let it go.
0: Yep. Right. And that, and again, to the to the credit of the show um, and the judge basically her she it boils down to <clears throat> they each have to pass a test uh, that she puts to them, which is, is to really exposes each of their greatest flaw. And have they really been able to overcome it? Um, and, and, someday, and to us, it seems about Al is put in a room and he's told to choose between two hats. and uh tahani's put in a hallway and she's told to walk down the hall past a door and inside the uh, on the other side of the door are her parents who are talking about her well, well and behind every door parents. is
2: someone yeah. talking about right. her. That's right. That's what is. to avoid. And the doors more. are
0: labeled with names. Yes. Uh, exactly. and it's it's the door where her parents are behind and they're talking about her that she just can't resist. But yet when she goes through, she does what she never could before, which is to to confront them. With how poorly they've treated her, uh, right. it's kind of funny, and and she also reveals to them that she's eaten a Dorito, uh, which is yeah. they're horrified by the <laughs> the uh, idea that she's eaten something so pedestrian. Um,
2: yeah. John, you or Jason has to play a video game where he's he's it's opposing like his beloved team, the Jaguars. Yeah, he has to
0: beat yeah. the Jacksonville Jaguars on Madden uh, on PlayStation, uh, which is I can I can sympathize. Like if I had to play against the Patriots and had to beat them, I I think that would be difficult. Uh, um, then, uh, but and then Eleanor's punishment. I mean, what's what's the best test. way? Yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, test. That's right. Um, her test
1: is. Basically, to leave the others behind or not?
0: Right, right. She's just presented with this opportunity. Like, all right, you can go, but they have to go back. Um, which is really what you know. It gets to the heart of who Eleanor is, right? She has lived her life as for herself and for no one else. Uh, and you know, even even her friends in the in her in her life, she mm-hmm. would use them and lose them if it suited her.
3: And, uh, and I, you know, one thing I, one thing I loved about Jason's test going back to that is. You know, after he finishes the game and, you know, he lost the game to his to his team. And she goes, well, you could have just not played.
0: (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah, Jason just never saw the obvious opportunity. And 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 the key was they all had to succeed uh, or they all lose. Uh, And Jason and Tahani do not succeed. Right. Right. Um, And so. We think at this point, all right, so where do we go now? And that's when Michael actually shows up. He escapes have, from. Ha-
2: having been rescued by good Janet, who we thought might be dead.
0: Right, right. Exactly. She would have been uh, hiding in plain sight as bad Janet, which was also funny. That was uh, hilarious. Yeah. Um. She she gets Michael to, to before the judge and he proposes a different uh, test, which is. Basically, to send them back to their lives, and can they be good people if uh, ha- what you know, having having been through all of this and having seen what they've seen, could, you know, has it made an effect? Even if without the memory of the of what they've done, if they're put back in their lives, can they be better people? And then he gives her a nudge,
1: right?
3: which that's a great scene. Sam Malone returns.
0: Yeah, that was pretty awesome. So she goes into a bar at one point. She's falling back into her old life. She starts off pretty good.
2: So so Jen snaps her fingers and puts them all back in their lives at the moment of their deaths. So their deaths didn't happen. And now they're in this new scenario. And and Eleanor starts to fall back into her old way of life. So Michael appears as a bartender with the cheers reference (laughs) uh, to give her some advice on the QT. He's not really supposed to be doing this. He snuck out of, of, of the neutral zone or wherever they were. He snuck out of what he's supposed to be doing to help her out, but he nudges her to go find Chidi.
0: Right. Right. And which is what she does. And in fact, that's, that's, that was her message to herself uh, at the beginning of the season that she had given to Janet.
1: Yeah, and that, that conversation allows there to be a, uh, a conversation which this season has been light on with when it comes to philosophy. And right. all of a sudden we're, we're back to, and I forget the key term they keep throwing around, like the karmic dessert or something. There's no— there's no Moral uh, dessert. Life, moral yeah. dessert, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's what you're trying to get to. There's, that's not the meaning of it all. Yeah, right. right.
0: It's, it's not about getting a moral dessert. It's about doing the thing just— to, to do it because it's right and, and not because you get something out of it. And that's what happens with the, with the, you know, the new Eleanor. She's, mm-hmm. she finds herself doing things because it makes her feel good. And when she's suddenly it's not feeling good anymore, right. she starts to fall away from it. So what's the point of doing it? If it doesn't make me feel good, you know, th- th- there isn't, there isn't a, a justification in the act itself for her. Um, but there's also this element where, we find out that in one of the reboots, Eleanor and Chidi fell in love. And mm-hmm. she sees evidence of it uh, uh, because Mindy, Mindy Sinclair videotaped them uh, in in flagrante delicto uh, in, in a... Uh, and
2: we do not see the flagrante delicto. No, no, no. We see them no. lying in bed, confessing their love for each other.
0: Yes, yes. And, yeah. it's, <laughs> and so Minnie Sinclair, this really kind of awful person, had Despicable videotaped person. them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And Eleanor saw the videotape of it, uh, and, and but Chidi had not. And so she has this knowledge that she carries with through her through the season that at one point they were in love. Uh, she had found true love, which she apparently had never found before. And, and and she so,
2: eventually lets Chidi in on that, and he, yeah. that sends him into another moral panic because he doesn't have reciprocal feelings for her, at least not ones that he remembers.
0: Exactly. Um, and so there's this whole, like, it becomes this love story where, you know, the the, the separated lovers are, are, are trying to get back together again, and, um, you know, without you know that's i don't want to necessarily spoil the you know the, the final moments of the second season although you should have watched the entire second season by this point um mm. but she's you know she she feels this tug she finds him on youtube giving these interminable lectures on ethics and uh yeah. and and she ends up going to going to find him in australia it's that basically that's what she does uh, at near the end um so the, i mean the the the, the the season turns. I mean, the show turns on on a dime at points. Um, you know, there's, there's some great moments in this season as much as there were in the first season. Uh, as I, I was actually mentioning, we, we one of the, the highlights of the season was, as we talked before, was the episode The Trolley Problem, which was oh, nominated sh- for a Hugo Award uh, for Best uh, Episode of a TV Show. Um, mm-hmm. The Trolley Problem, Jimmy, as the philosopher— Mm -hmm. Could you explain the trolley problem Mm -hmm. and then maybe a little bit how the show deals with it?
2: Yeah. So the trolley problem, there are a bunch of variations on it. It's a collective term for a kind of problem. The first one was proposed in the 60s by the British philosopher Philippa Foot. And the basic idea in the simplest version of the trolley problem is you're on a trolley, it's out of control, you're heading for a point on the tracks where there are five workmen. And if nothing happens, the trolley will kill all five of the workmen. But you've got a lever that you can pull that will divert the trolley onto a second track where there is one person. And so the question is, do you do nothing and let the five people die, or do you pull the lever knowing that you're now taking a positive action that will lead one person to die? And the tension is between, okay, before I was just a passive observer, but there are five people dying. And now I have to actively do something that will kill one person. So um, what do you do? Most people in the simple version of the trolley problem say, well, I would pull the lever. I would I would willingly you know, go down the other track knowing it's going to kill this guy if it saves these other five. But there are much more uh, s- complex and subtle versions of the trolley problem. For example, it, suppose you're standing on a bridge over the train yard and you're watching the trolley come towards the five men and there's no lever that you can pull, but right standing right next to you is a fat man that you could (laughs) pick up and throw (laughs) over the bridge to block the trolley, knowing it will kill the fat man.
0: Memo to self, don't stand on any bridges in trail yards. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And, Yeah, And
2: and so at this point, most people's moral intuitions flip and they say, "Okay, I can't actively grab this fat man and throw him down there and actively kill a person in that way, uh, even at the cost of letting these other five people die. And the question is, well, what's the difference? Because it's still a one for five trade. What makes (laughs) one of them okay and the other not okay? And so um, there are bunches of variations in this. And in the episode, The Trolley Problem, uh, Michael, who is now in the in Chidi's ethics class, is not really taking the Assignment seriously. When he first hears the trolley problem, he misinterprets it as "how do we kill all six people?" (laughs) Um, And and so, so Chidi uh, asks him, "How you know is there some way you can connect more directly with the material so it'll mean something more to you?" And so, Michael starts running them through scenarios of the trolley problem. Where they're actually Physically. acting yeah. them out in real time, <laughs> yes. and yeah. and Cheety's getting spattered with blood every time they hit the five workmen. Oh my workmen gosh. And Not stuff just blood. Like
1: it's goo. It's viscera. It's <laughs> yeah. gross. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah.
0: It's a lot. <laughs> and
2: eventually Eleanor realizes two things. She realizes first that Michael is just torturing Cheezy. Yeah. And he's <laughs> like, that too much fun he says he, he admits it. I said, I just had to blow off a little steam. But then she realizes that his deeper motivation is he knows he's he's doing an Eleanor. He knows he's not succeeding in class and that makes him feel small. And so he's lashing out at the teacher the same way Eleanor would have in real life.
0: So, and and th- that's one of the reasons it's not just the the, the humor of the of the, you know, getting itchy getting splashed with the blood but but the, the the moral struggle that happens in the midst of all this and the subtlety with which it's executed um really appeals while still remaining a funny comedy sitcom you know oh, yeah. it just it's it's that is in a nutshell how you know how the good place works it it works on on several levels um and one of the things that really I, I really enjoy about about the good place is that ultimately it is in a show that is optimistic about human nature. You know, it's people can become better. People are there is good in people, even when we think that they are lost. Um, The whole
2: show is about moral redemption.
0: Right. Uh, I I mean, there's so many shows. It's the anti anti hero show in, in the sense of no one here is an anti hero. You know, as from my point of view, you know, that that this is, this is a show about people being, becoming better. Um, and, and it's, it's, I like it. I mean, I really, I'm, I, I think it's one of the things that attracts me to it is that it's, it's, it's not more gloom and doom. It is a bright, literally bright, shiny, colorful show that is optimistic and funny. So that's one of the things I love, um, you know, there's a, a couple of Easter eggs I just want to point out in the show uh, that people have found. Again, we talked about it's a show that's worth watching with the pause button. Uh, we do know that it, now that it takes place in the same universe as Parks and Rec. Uh, there is a scene mm-hmm. where Eleanor is holding it in her, you know, in her new life that she's been given back. Uh, she's reading a magazine called Celebrity Baby and on the back cover there's an uh, full page ad for uh, John Ralphio champagne uh on it nice. John Ralphio a, a funny character from uh from Parks and Rec uh there's a couple of things like that in there so it it's just, uh, it's really kind of funny and then um and then of course just more and more easter eggs it's worth worth watching anything else you guys want to bring in that's i've you'll know, kind of run through all of my notes on the uh, second season Um, I
2: I want to talk about a little bit about where the show goes from here on out, because one of the one of the questions from just right from the beginning, when this seemed to be a more or less ordinary sitcom about the afterlife is how long can they stretch this out before it becomes boring? And so I've had a question of how many seasons do they have planned for this? They obviously have one more and and it. And it's and they could, you know, introduce wild changes into the show. You know, they could bring in a cousin Oliver or whatever. Um, <laughs> but, you know, how long before the show jumps the shark? And so I did some research and um, there's an interview with Kirsten Bell where she indicates and I mentioned this interview in our previous show uh, or earlier in this one, actually, um in this interview, she says that um, that Michael Schur, the creator of the show, came to her and said, OK, here's what's going to happen in season one, two and three, and then season seven or whatever. And so that suggests that they've got at least an idea for the first three seasons and then a final season, whether it's season seven or season four, you know, whatever it ends up being. Um, my guess is it's going to go shorter rather than longer, partly because the show's ratings aren't huge, even though it's a critical success. Um, but also partly because I don't think you could stretch this idea out for seven seasons without so radically reinterpreting it that it would cease to be about the good place. Obviously the show's long-term trajectory is in the end, they do all get into the real good place. I mean, that's clearly where we're headed. It's just a question of, what plot what plot complications do we hit on the way there? And so for season three, <clears throat> um, it's it's clear that we're gonna have kind of a replay of something like the beginning of season two, where instead of having reboots set in the good place, um, we now have the characters in real life or something that looks like real life. Um, but they're, I, I can't imagine them stretching that out for a season. So that's going to have to end. Whether it'll end as quickly as the reboots did at the beginning of season two in just two episodes, I don't know. Maybe it will. Maybe they'll carry it out a little longer. But there has to be something that stops it. And I think they've already set the groundwork for what stops it, just like Eleanor's note to herself set up the reboot cycle in season two, Michael's appearance to Eleanor at the bar was a rule violation of the terms that Jen had set up. Mm. And that's going to somehow invalidate or complicate their current situation so Mm. that some so that the show goes off in another direction.
0: Mm. That's uh, the the other aspect of this, too, is, is we and it, you know, after they get sent back to their real lives, what we never see actually Tahani or Jason at that right. point. Correct. Obviously,
2: expl- we're going to see them in real life, too.
0: Right. I'm interested to see if do they encounter each other. Do they find each other? The, the interesting thing with Jason and Tahani is, is even though they kind of fall for each other at one point, Jason still has this other part where he's still connected with Janet. So it's, I'm kind of curious how they deal with that. Um, I, I
2: expect in the first two episodes we'll somehow get all four characters together in real life.
1: Yeah. Um, well, and some of this, not necessarily the uh, the how, but the 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 why and the what, can be answered with simple math. The um, the threshold for syndication, which is the gold standard for any yeah. television show that is produced, is eighty eight episodes. Right. Now, that produces a problem for a show like this because it's a truncated number of episodes. You only got 13. You need so to have
2: like seven episodes to get, seven seasons to get there.
1: Right. And that is, if this were just art, we we wouldn't be having this conversation. But it's not. It's a business, and they want it syndicated. So they're well, going to try to drag it out to seven seasons. Well, and
3: I, I wonder, too, though, if, if with the rise of Netflix and Amazon yeah. Prime and Hulu, oh, if, this, that, if that it? dynamic yeah. has changed where now it's more three to five seasons because then there's a lot of episodes out there for people to binge. There's a lot right, of seasons right. out there for people right. to binge.
1: That's a good point. That kind of
3: changes that dynamic just a little bit because we're not, they're not as dependent on syndication as they used to be because now they can put it up on Amazon or Netflix and they can make all kinds of money that way with people binge watching it.
1: Yeah.
2: Well, that, that would be my guess. And I'm, I'm, I kind of feel we're likely to have a three to five mm-hmm. season length for this, which I think is about right.
0: And one of the things we th- that brings up is that 13 episode season, the usual run for a network television show is 26, 24 to 26 new episodes mm-hmm. every season. In the past several years, that number has been in, in, a, in a lot of shows, mostly syndicated shows and streaming shows that's shrunk to around the standard now is 10 to 13. I think 10 to 30, you know, 13 episodes for this is is one of the reasons why it's such a great show it's right. tight it's got it, yep, can, yeah. it there's it cannot be any fluff
1: in these they've got to stay cre- well and not only that but the creators simply have more time to create right that's mm-hmm. the other Quality. the other half of it yeah well that's uh, you know of course you know jimmy dom and
3: i our other show is secrets of doctor who and we talk so many times about episodes where all they did was run they ran here they did this they ran there they did this they ran here this was a billion episode they needed to come up with two more episodes so they threw this story
2: in in the old 60s doctor who it's tighter now yes it's tighter now yeah long pauses
0: in conversation people staring at each other and at the walls uh yes and this is much tighter and it's and it benefits from it and i and you know, as much as I would love to have 26 episodes of The Good Place because it's such an enjoyable series, the mm-hmm. reality is, is there's so much good TV mm-hmm. and movies to watch that shorter seasons of a, of a good show benefits the audience in a way because yeah. we have more time for other things. Yeah. And this is not a show. I
2: mean, this is a show that's going somewhere. And I would rather have a brilliant show that's short than a mediocre show that goes on forever. So I'm actually, this show has such a high quality level, even though it's got some content that I'm not a fan of. Apart from that, its quality level is so high that I would like, I just want them to maintain that quality level and however short it needs to be, fine. But I'm into this because I like the quality, not because I just want to see these characters endlessly doing stuff.
1: Right. Do you think they have the ability to pull the rug out from under us like they did at the end of season one?
2: There are ways they could do it, but they are so risky that they would potentially upset um, the, the fan base.
0: Right. Like, like building a bigger Death sense. Star. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there's well, only so many times you can go to that well before it becomes a gimmick as opposed to. A big, you know, twist that draws yeah. you in
2: the the I mean, the obvious one that would just completely pull under pull the rug out from under everything is that we get to the final episode of the final season and we think they're in the good place and then know it's the bad place again. Right. Yep. You know, and right. they're there permanently. Um, I mean, yeah, you that would surprise the audience. It would also honk off the audience royally.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, Damon Lindelof would be happy with that because the people would forget the ending of Lost that way. <clears throat> All, uh, there are
2: other things you could do. Like you could you could go off in some completely other direction that has nothing to do with the afterlife or very little to do with the afterlife. But mm-hmm. at that point, how is this show the good place? Anymore? Yeah, it doesn't become
1: the the good. It right it strays too far.
0: Yeah. Right. Right. So, okay, well it'll be it'll be, it'd be a lot, um good to look forward to that. Uh, I am looking forward to the season 3. Um it's just the idea that we could sustain the, the quality of TV from from the uh, a show like this uh appeals to me. Uh and we'll see and we'll we'll do another episode of the secrets of the good place uh, once that season is over then. Um so I think that's that all, all we need to say. Um so what did you think of the second season of The Good Place, uh, let us know by visiting sqpn.com or the SQPN Facebook page. Leave us some feedback. You can find links to all our personal social media and websites on our show notes at sqpn.com. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast feed to ensure you receive all future installments of The Secrets of Movies and TV shows. we got a lot of good uh, stuff coming up. We've got uh, TV shows and movies that we want to talk about uh, until then, Mac Barron, thank you for joining us in the sharing of the secrets of the good place. Thank you for having me. It's been great, guys. Uh, Jimmy Aiken, thank you as well. Thanks, Dom. Father Corey Stika, thank you. Oh, my pleasure. And thank you, Dom. And once again, I'm Dom Bettinelli. And remember, consider frozen yogurt. There's something so human about taking something great and ruining it, ruining it a little so you can have more of it, just like our podcasts
2: ooh dark
0: wow <laughs> ah.